beautiful human. Welcome to the Soul Opulence Podcast. This is a medicine journey of remembering to meet deeper layers of yourself and open up to sacred connection, deeper intimacy with yourself and life, inner power and soul opulence. We will be journeying together and experiencing deep healing conversations where you can come to extract the gold from the darkness, ultimately knowing that when we say yes to life's initiations, we say yes to unlocking the inner medicine within. It's an honor to have you with me in this space. Each episode, I invite you to come with an open heart and a curious mind and allow your body to receive. As the words drop and the magic flows. Hello, beautiful human. Welcome to the first episode of the Soul Opulence podcast. It is so beautiful to have you here with me in this space and I am so excited for this journey that we're going to go on together and I'm just so honoured to be here. So thank you for listening, thank you for being here, thank you for being you and I'm so excited for the medicine that this space is going to bring and to really just be able to birth all of the medicine that wants to come through. So today's episode is going to be my story of how the hell I got here to having this podcast, to birthing this project into the world and yeah, where I came from and what my journey so far has been and really this, it feels like I'm only just scratching the surface and I think we'll always feel that at every point of our journey because this space is ongoing, right? We're here for a lifetime, we're here for multiple lifetimes. So yeah, it's just so beautiful to come into this space with fresh energy and really just documenting, reflecting and honouring the journey that has brought me here so far. So yeah, let's begin and dive in. So really it all began, of course, when I came to Earth and I was born in London and then grew up in the English countryside and it was a really it was a beautiful childhood. It was it was free. We had a lot of space around us. I was very, um, just very wanting to be outdoors all the time, you know, very connected to nature. And yeah, just loved all of the adventures. Like my dad would do woodwork weekends where we'd make little bird houses out of scraps of wood and We'd go out on country walks, out in the fields, and yeah, it was just really beautiful. 
we did loads of like arts and crafts and painting with my mum and yeah it was looking back it was a beautiful childhood and feel really lucky to have had the space to just grow up like away from big cities and I think that's exactly what what I needed um so yeah I remember just my childhood being it was pretty good um I remember just being a very sensitive child as well and for sure as a child I I didn't understand that and I used to I used to get very upset very easily and I used to get told off a lot for it and that's a big part of my journey now is like communicating to my inner child and letting her know that it's okay to feel so much and it's okay to be so sensitive and actually that can be a superpower and that can be a gift um and so yeah looking back on my childhood like of course from the perspective of where we lived and just having that freedom to roam and explore was really beautiful and there was also this duality piece of not really knowing how to navigate the inner worlds um and I remember being that being such a key piece of my childhood and yeah really really having to navigate that and so yeah I have two sisters I have an older sister and a younger sister and I remember when my younger sister was born I was really angry because my older sister and I had been like best friends um we were literally inseparable and she was almost like a second mum figure even though she was only a year and a bit older than me um nearly two years older than me and yeah I remember my younger sister coming along and me getting really angry like I was jealous of all the attention like suddenly everyone was looking at this baby and I didn't really get it like everyone was like oh my gosh how cute is she and I remember thinking I just don't get it like I don't get why they're so amazed by by this baby um and actually yeah it's just so interesting to like reflect back on that and see see even there where this sisterhood wound came through of feeling really jealous of this baby taking my parents and taking my older sister's attention or what felt like it anyway um so yeah that was a really big piece um but growing up we all got on quite well my younger sister and I got on a bit less well like in the early years and we've really been able to form that relationship since our teens so a long time now and yeah I'm really grateful for that connection now um but yeah we used to just spend our weekends out exploring cutting down like logs and things for the fire and yeah it was just a very um a very like countryside based um upbringing and definitely there were those years of like teenage years where 
we couldn't yet drive and we used to get so frustrated in like school holidays because we couldn't leave the house. Um, both my parents worked full time and always had done. And um, yeah, like we couldn't go out and leave the house and see our friends. Um, so I remember school holidays being pretty dull. Um, yeah. And I had, I had a guinea pig. Um, which I was totally obsessed with, like, totally obsessed, I got her when I was eight years old, um, and I just loved her so much, so much, it was really sweet, um, yeah, I used to, like, get home from school and go and get her from her little cage hutch thing, um, and she used to sit on my lap while we watched Blue Peter after school, um, which is just the cutest thing. Um, and she used to sit on the kitchen table while I did my homework from school as well. Um, she was a long-haired guinea pig. And yeah, I used to brush her. Like, I had loads of different accessories in terms of like brushes and cleaning things. Um, yeah, I was so dedicated and devoted to that guinea pig. <laughs> it was really funny looking back. Um, yeah, so I had a guinea pig, and my older sister had lots of rabbits, um, bless her, she was really unlucky, like, her rabbits kept getting ill, um, so I think she had, like, five rabbits in the space that I had one guinea pig, um, but yeah, we grew up with these little animals around us, and we lived near a farm, like, next to a farm, and in the lambing season um sometimes the sheeps would the sheep would die um from giving birth because it just happened so frequently on farms um and so we would adopt the lambs each year so we were like having our dinner in the evenings and then we'd hear the farmer's truck go past and we'd all like run out mid-meal and go and see the lambs and we'd feed them with bottles with the milk and we'd each adopt one and name one um yeah and it was just it was just really cute it was so beautiful and I remember like a really clear moment of realizing what happened to lambs when they left the farm and it was heartbreaking because there was this one day where I was calling my lamb and it wouldn't come and I just kept calling its name and all the other, like, my sister's lambs were coming and, yeah, my lamb, I couldn't find my lamb. And um, I found out that it had gone, it had gone to market. And I remember that moment of just, just pure sadness and realising, like, that this beautiful, joyful thing that I'd been looking after and I'd been a part of and felt like I was really caring for this animal and we were friends a bit like my me and my guinea pig were friends and you know having this connection with the animals and then realizing that actually it had gone and it died and yeah it was it was a really hard moment I remember so clearly like I was really upset for a good few days um, yeah, 
really upset. I think actually that was one of the last years that we had lambs because then the sheep got moved um, away from the farm. Um, but yeah, but anyway, the looking after the lambs was still really fun. Um, and yeah, there were like little calves on the farm as well. We didn't, we didn't really adopt them. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my childhood and we used to make like dens and stuff, um, with loads of blankets and we used to bring the guinea pig and the rabbit into our dens all the time. <laughs> Honestly, I think like most of the pictures and photos taken when we were younger were with the guinea pigs and the rabbits. <laughs> um, we even adopted like two little chicks from school. Um, they had been like in an incubator test at the primary school um, of showing how like chicks are born. And then the school were like, oh, well, who wants the chicks? So I have no idea why, because honestly, my family were not the kind of people to randomly adopt chicks um like my mum would have been like why the hell are you doing that it's too much work to look after them um but yeah so we adopted a couple of chicks um looked after them for a bit and then they actually got really big and so we gave them to a friend who had chickens anyway because we didn't have a pen at home um and yeah so Looking back, like, childhood was very full of a lot of animals, um, outside time, yeah, just, I remember one of my Christmas presents once was a mini gardening set, um, yeah, and I always liked, I always liked, like, not very girly things, which would be considered, like, girly things back then, like, I remember one of my favourite presents was a remote control car when I was like, I was about nine or ten. Um, I remember I got a skateboard when I was like twelve. Um, I loved that. I had this pogo stick as well. Um, <laughs> I used to bounce on all the time, which was really fun. Um, just the most random things. But yeah, then went to um, an all-girls school when I like got to kind of middle school or like end of primary school. Um, and yeah, that was a totally different experience. I remember finding girls' school really hard and just multiple, multiple examples of this sister wound coming through and being really badly bullied and also being the bully and really like being in that constant space of having no idea who I was. I remember growing up in that school just yeah having no idea what I was who I was and what I was meant to be doing with my life and I definitely at that school like all of us all of us were really judged against each other on looks and beauty and I remember always feeling like I was really ugly. Like I used to be like looking at everyone else and being like, I wish I looked like her, I wish I looked like her. Like I wish I had clothes like her or I wish I was as funny as her and like constantly wishing I was someone else and 
that continued with me for so many years in school. Um, yeah, of just feeling deeply, deeply not enough. Um, and just not knowing myself on any kind of level. Um, and so I found friendships really difficult. I would make friends with people, get close to them. And then once they were close, I would just kind of feel uncomfortable, not really know where I stood with them anymore and would push them away. And so I moved through lots of different social groups all the time. Um, again, feeling really insecure, not really feeling like I had a secure circle around me. Um, and yeah, just really just wishing I was someone else the whole time. Um, and so sometimes I think from there, I really wished we didn't live in the countryside because I just wanted to be out and about and meeting people and including myself in social things that were happening in town and all of this stuff and often felt very isolated. Um, so yeah, I just remember that really clearly. Um, and from that girl's school of, yeah, being pretty miserable, um, at sixth form, my parents knew I was really miserable. The year before, they were thinking about taking me out of school even, like, my mental health had got really bad in that last few years, and I ended up moving schools for sixth form, um, and I went to an all, like, boarding school, so really really British old school um and this was so so different um to what I was used to like it wasn't a girls school it was a mixed school and obviously boarding so totally away from home and I remember arriving there and like again not really knowing who I was but kind of excited to have a new opportunity, excited to meet new people, excited that I was away from home. I really loved that. Um, yeah, I remember like loving my independence um, at that age and just being really excited. Um, and I had a really good time generally at that school. It was really good. Um, I remember there were a lot of, there are a lot of situations where I had a lot of rumours spread around about me and a lot of just gossip going through the school and that had a lot to do with just this energy of, you know, like new people coming into the school and this, again, like sisterhood wound energy of kind of feeling like the new people are threats to the old um the old people who had been there for so long and again like coming from a girls school like I remember getting attention from boys and not really not really understanding why at the beginning because at the girls school I was so like classed as one of the ugly ones or like that's really what I thought um that I then kind of got to this mixed school and was like, oh, wow, like, people actually are paying attention to me. Um, and for my inner child, this was, like, such perfect validation 
it was like, oh my gosh, wow, there's actually something about me that people like and maybe I am worthy of connecting with people and yeah, maybe maybe I am worth being friends with kind of thing. And this was all based on looks again. And again, in that own sense, I was really low on my self-esteem because I then went from from going from a space from the girls' school of, like, not really knowing who I was and then joining this mitt school and thinking all I was was looks and, again, like, just this body for other people's pleasure. That was a really... a really big difference, a really big contrast, but at the same time really mirrored that low self-esteem within myself. Um, So I remember this time really clearly... And yeah, just, again, just not knowing my worth at all. Um, Being really low confidence, but not really showing it on the outside. Um, I think a lot of people go through this at that age. It's like the age where we're trying to work out who we are and who we get on with and what we like and where we're going in our lives. Um, So yeah, there was a lot of that energy. We used to get like weekends where we'd get to go home but most of the time I would go and stay with friends in London because I didn't really like going home Um, and yeah just like out out of parties and clubs and birthdays and yeah drinking a lot, started taking a lot of drugs from that age and yeah just kind of getting into that scene slowly but pretty pretty quickly at the same time and I think I was one of the first ones in my girl group to really get into that and I remember that causing a lot of friction um a lot of judgment a lot of shame and so again I moved towards the boys more and like really had this solid group of boyfriends around me um and I remember that being like the main group that kind of got me through that school um yeah I remember feeling like really accepted by them and really seen by them and I think from the previous girls school I was just needing that fresh energy of not being judged and I really associated that judgment with girls and so at that age, I didn't have a good relationship with women at all. Um, and didn't have necessarily a healthy relationship with the masculine, but definitely preferred being in that space. And yeah, so within that school space, I had like some pretty broken relationships and friendships and yeah it was like a huge huge journey for me of navigating like new connections and working out working out where I fitted in again um and kind of knowing myself on a better level but still feeling pretty lost and yeah feeling feeling pretty disconnected from myself and yeah from my true self So from school, I decided to go traveling for a year. I um, 
had like a million different jobs um, to earn money to go away. So I worked in a pub, I did like babysitting, nannying, I did painting, um, I, what else did I do? I did dog walking, um, yeah, I did some other things that I can't remember now, but I literally was working like 24-7, literally, um, even working every weekend to try and get money to go away, and I did, I managed it, and I got quite a fair bit of money um, within like six months of work, I think, straight after school, so yeah, in the January after that school year, um, I went away on my own, um, traveling. So I went to New Zealand first and then I went to Australia, Cambodia, no, not Cambodia. I didn't go to Cambodia. I went to Thailand, Vietnam, Singapore, Bali, Borneo, Indonesia, different islands there, um, Malaysia, and Dubai at the end, I think, yeah, I think those are all of the places I went, and for me, this was, like, I didn't even really think about being, like, a really young girl, I think I was 18, I went 18, I went away for eight months on my own, I was meant to meet a friend halfway, um, and our plans changed, and I remember just being like, oh, well, I'm definitely staying out here. Like, I've got to stay out here. Um, and I did. I stayed out for the full eight months. And for me, this was, like, a huge growth period of, like, really working out who the fuck I was in this world, working out how to healthily relate to people, like, really building on my self-confidence, my self-esteem, just looking after myself and exploring and meeting new people and adventuring in life and yeah like it was honestly the best few months I had had like compared to everything else that had happened and that had gone down and yeah it was just incredible to have the freedom and I remember just loving being on my own especially I felt so free away from all of the gossip from school that had really weighed me down at times um yeah I remember just feeling like I could just take a deep breath and just be who I was without without any expectations, without any judgments, um, and without, like, previous stories of kind of, yeah, being identified with, with things of the past, um, and it was just such a free space, so, yeah, I did that, and then I remember coming back home, and I remember my sisters being like, wow, you've changed so much, and, like, in a really good way, like, you found so much independence, and just worked out who you are, and, it's really amazing to see and from there I had a much better friendship with my sisters um at home and I remember coming back and flying back into Heathrow in London and wishing the plane would turn around I did not want to come back to England um and I found the first month or so really difficult I remember just thinking like our country doesn't work properly like why are we so 
why are we like so stuck in our ways? Like, why aren't we adventuring? What's everyone doing? And that was a massive clip moment for me. I just kind of looked around at the life in the UK, like, or just the people in the UK that were around me. And I was like, why would you sit in an office from 9 till 5am, 5pm, and not be exploring the world? I was like, there's so much out there. Like, what are we all doing? And I just went into this deep questioning of what are we all doing in our lives and why do we have to do the same things and why is everyone following the same path um and that really sparked something in me and it really allowed me to see that I wanted something different I wanted something different and I wanted to have the space to travel and explore and go and meet new people and not have the same routine every day um so yeah I had that real feeling of just a a wider sense of awareness of how I wanted to live um and at the same time I was signed up to uni and I knew I wanted to go because I knew I wanted to experience it um and so I went I went even though that was obviously like the path that most people follow um in the UK like a lot of people go straight from school to uni it's kind of like how our society works um so yeah from there I went to uni um in the north of England I went to Newcastle University and I studied geography and Spanish and I was new to the Spanish um Again, like, I think from my travelling, it was just sparked of, like, why are we all speaking English and expecting everyone else to speak English? So I just felt really passionately about learning a new language. Um, So, yeah, I did that. And a few people from the school I'd been to joined me. Um, And I remember at the beginning making a promise to myself and I voiced this to my other friends from that school and was just like look, I'm here to make new friends and I love you all, but I really need to create my own group and make new friends and then we can all be friends together rather than staying in a school clique because I remember just still wanting to carry on that energy from the travelling that I had done and not want to get back into a school a school group that had felt constrictive at times um, and felt just a bit tied to who I used to be rather than who was who I was becoming. Um, and so that was really, really beautiful, and I made some incredible friends at uni, um, so much better friends than I had had previously, and still cherish so deeply some of those school friends, um, at the boarding school, um, because they just, they carried me through life at that point, um, and so yeah, I was able at uni to just build on those friendships I remember meeting an incredible group right at the beginning and just really clicking with everyone so yeah then uni and just this world of like partying hard and actually loving it like getting really excited about it um I just thrived from this university life um yeah I loved it I used to go out to event nights and go and see like DJs who were playing in the in the city and like we'd have really good different events and tickets to places because it was like 
a pretty popular city in the UK to go go like and see like and just experience different different nights out and stuff so yeah that was my uni experience and the first year and second year was filled with a lot of alcohol and a lot of drugs and I didn't I didn't really question it I kind of loved it I loved the feeling of I loved the feeling of tapping out I loved the feeling of being out of my own reality um I think almost to an extent and it's funny because I think a lot of people now on a spiritual path did have that phase um and it's almost like there was this craving for a higher connection to the higher realms and like there wasn't the awareness of how to do that naturally and organically and so yeah it's almost like this out of body experiences and sourced through drugs and substances and alcohol um so yeah I had a few pretty pretty intense and pretty wild years um at uni um still very much like in the good girl archetype in my family and some friends circles and so really I felt like I was almost living like a lot of double lives I wasn't like fully myself in any space um I felt more myself at university but still I would say there were elements I wasn't really there fully um and then I remember my second year my grandpa died and that was a really a really difficult time um he had been such a support in my life and such an anchor um and yeah he died very suddenly and I remember from there from really not knowing how to deal with the grief, I started meditating and getting into meditation and doing meditation courses based on grief. Um, I'm really trying to process that emotion. And from there, I went to go and live in Spain for a year. And again, that was a really challenging year. Um, I got mugged in Barcelona when I was living there and it was an extremely traumatic event. It was a violent mugging um, and I remember just not knowing how to process it and not knowing how to sleep at night. I couldn't get to sleep for a few weeks after. I couldn't be in a dark room. I couldn't walk down the street without constantly looking behind me. I remember having anxiety attacks after I got back from literally just walking in the street in the daytime because I felt so unsafe and that's when my nervous system started getting really bad in terms of like being really unregulated um and that's when like some of the deeper healing work began I bought a load of books I remember just thinking this is not okay I'm not okay I need to get better so I bought a load of books one of them being the power of now this is such a classic entry book, isn't it? It's like so many people find this book at the beginning of their path and I think it's an incredible an incredible book and it really opens our minds to so much. Um, so yeah, I just remember reading loads of different books and just starting to understand myself better and really wanting to heal and get better and just finding myself on this really deep spiritual journey. Um, and yeah from there I finished my final years of uni um 
like I remember really not wanting to do the final year and really struggling in that final year um a lot of my friends had left by that point because I had to do an extra year because of the Spanish and living in Spain um yeah it was a really difficult year I remember I really struggled with my mental health which I had never struggled with before um apart from when I was at school that time like years and years ago um and yeah just really not knowing where to go from my life and I'd always thought I wanted to be in property <laughs> so I thought I wanted to work in like the property industry in like housing and real estate and stuff mainly because literally from since I was a child I used to love looking at interiors like it made me so excited I loved the interiors I think I actually just liked it from a creative artistic perspective but had always thought I'd go into that industry so at the end of uni I really had this question of like what do I actually want to do and I decided to just take some time out and just think about it and I ended up then doing an art course, a fine art painting course um, in London for a year, which is incredible. And I'm so grateful that I was able to do that because it just gave me space to work out what I was doing, where I wanted to go and deepening even further into my healing journey. And yeah, that path that was really calling me so deeply And so, yeah, from there, within that year, I also got my energy healing um, practitioner certification, um, practicing Rahani, um, which is a fifth dimensional energy healing. It's so profound and so beautiful. And I feel so grateful every day that that came into my path when it did. And then I signed up to a coaching certification that year as well. Um, And that was all based on sacred sexuality and women's embodiment and Tantra and Taoism and such in-depth work, which has been incredible and I've been completing it this year um which has just been amazing as well so yeah that's kind of led me up to here in the beginning of this year I really dived into and got the cooling for womb healing and so that's where I really started offering offering what I had to give as service and really being able to heal and help the collective um which was so, so powerful. And so, yeah, here I am about to move to Ibiza in 2023. Um, Just really trusting where I'm led and, you know, there's so many parts that we'll probably go deeper in in different episodes of this story um, because there are so many different healing healing spaces and so much medicine from everything but I didn't want to go deep into everything because genuinely I think we'd be here for hours um but yeah the first episode's really just to get a feel of yeah my life and where I came from and how I've got here and yeah just answering the call to be in this space 
um, over the past few years of this healing journey that I've been on this, this just total devotion to finding my authentic self, finding that inner beauty within myself, finding my purpose, why I'm here and just feeling deeply connected to it all. And so I'm so grateful for where I am right now. I have never felt so connected to people in my life and to myself. And really just feeling this deep sense of trust and seeing this woman who has just blossomed from everything that has gone down in her life of the deepest darkness, the deepest pain and being able to alchemize that into a path of real self-leadership and that is something that has been so potent on my journey is really this energy of the self-led woman so yeah this year has mainly been just initiation after initiation it has been a difficult year it has not been easy it has not been expected I've had deep deep challenges with my health um yeah, a lot of dis-ease has come through in my body that I've had to move through and navigate and lead myself through. And I'm very much coming to the other side of that, which is just so profound um, that this healing has happened so deeply and so quickly. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be sharing so much more of this, of course, in coming episodes, because again, it's been so, it's been such a key piece of, of how we get to, how we get to see everything that comes through to us as the curriculum that's meant to be there. And so, yeah, this, this year has just been a deepening into remembering my previous lifetimes of being a priestess and bringing healing of the womb space and connecting women to their bodies and deepening into the alchemy of the medicine woman and just feeling all of this within me. It's just been so profound and so here we are. The podcast is launching and this podcast is the journey of inner opulence and it's really finding the abundance within the inner beauty and that's exactly where I am today is in this space of deep inner beauty deep inner awareness and inner trust and from that we're able to trust life more and through being intimate with ourselves we're able to be intimate with life more and so yeah my story has had so many ups and downs and yeah has has led me to where I am now and so I hope listening to this you really get to hear the humanness of all of our stories before we come onto this path the magic of it all the confusion at times that we can be in and from here we just flow into deeper magic and deeper abundance and deeper self-knowing and deeper self-trust and deeper healing and really just embracing what this human life experience has for us um 
what a gift, what a gift to be here, what a gift to be speaking on the Soul Opulence podcast right now, and what a gift to be connected to you. So thank you for listening. I hope this episode served you in some way and perhaps even parts of the story resonate with you. Um, Don't hesitate to reach out and tell me the pieces that resonated. I love connecting with everyone and really that's just such a gift within this path is to have so many beautiful connections that come through um, from being in this space. So... Yeah, I feel like that's a beautiful way to and space to end this episode. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. Thank you for all that you are. And I am so excited for the next episodes to really dive deep into specific spaces of healing and journeying with different souls and incredible humans that I've come to connect with in this life and yeah just be able to bring you this deeper medicine journey that's about to unfold so I'm sending you so much love and I can't wait to connect with you as we journey together on the soul opulence journey My love, it's been so beautiful journeying with you today and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If this conversation resonated with you, then I invite you to leave us a beautiful review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get this podcast out into the world and to spread the medicine and magic it is here to create. Thank you so much for being with us today. I am sending you so much love. And I can't wait to tune back in with you for the next episode coming soon.